Welcome to Let's Talk, Ed and Zahi. We are talking about uh, the cost of education for some of our, our neediest students and how much it costs to produce a community college graduate. And, you know, as we talk about this, uh, Zahi, kind of what it comes down to is it can be a little bit hard for colleges because the cost of of helping our neediest students. And we talk about that not in a bad way, but we're talking about, you know, first generation students, talking about non-traditional students, disadvantaged students. And the costs on making sure all of those services are there for them to be successful is not always a clear black and white cost. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Uh, we are stuck in a model I think a legacy model where we relied on a history of having an overwhelming majority of traditional students to offset the cost associated with the support of the non-traditional students. And I think we're at a point of tipping of that scale, whereby we're seeing fewer of those traditional students traditional age students in particular, full-time students, because of the enrollment cliff, because, because of the uh, uh, people shying away from college and going to, uh, straight to work, and in, in, in a potential increase, and in fact, a need for us to increase the non-traditional students' uh, participation, which comes at the cost. So we don't have that uh, balancing act any longer or or the legacy of that uh, balancing act whereby the cash cow of the full-time non-traditional uh, full-time non-traditional uh, students excuse me offsetting the other students now it's we have to redesign and redefine everything that we do to support those individuals whose trajectory for education is not necessarily what myself and and I know you have followed. Well, and it's something that we've talked about on, on other shows before, where when you're talking about serving some of those students, you, you have to get away from the idea that they're going to take classes from eight to noon every day. Um, they'll be able to go to the library at two o'clock in the afternoon or meet with an advisor or financial aid at one o'clock. Um, you know, all of those things are set up heavily for the traditional age student where it's much easier for them to do that because college at that point in their life kind of is their career and, and what they're doing. But if you're a non-traditional student, if you come from a disadvantaged background, you may be working full time uh, just to afford to exist, quite frankly. And, you know, now all of a sudden, taking a class at nine o'clock in the morning doesn't work for you. Um, or maybe you need childcare because uh, going to college, you have kids and you can't just let them be. Uh, so for college, if you're starting to think about, okay, we're going to change our schedule to make sure we have more classes at different times. We're going to look at different modalities of how we're teaching um, but again, you look at that traditional way, the office is open from, you know, nine to five, so to speak, eight to four, whatever the college happens to say. Uh, and, you know, if you are offering night classes, for instance, do you offer 
services at night? Do you offer services to somebody that is taking classes online? Uh, and, and how do you build all of that into your budget? Well, it's a challenge, but at the same time, it is something that we need to think more and more about. And we, for three decades now, we've relied on online asynchronous instruction as our stopgap measure. Well, it's it has not show, shown the effectiveness that we thought it would have, not in every course, not in for every student or not in every circumstance. So it, we need to rise to that challenge of a changing population, not by uh, thinking about the glorious past that we've had, because we've, we still have a phenomenal system. You know, we are, as two-year colleges, the stepping stone, the first place people go to. 10 million people attend community colleges in the U.S., and that's down from numbers from prior to the pandemic or during the previous recession. So, uh, you know, the, uh, while those things are true, how can we adapt to the new realities and write future as opposed to letting the economics and the budgetary constraints write the future for us? Because there are people who need us today more than they needed us in the past. And, and time and again, evidence has shown that a certificate or an associate degree is not what people are looking for or what employers are interested in. And we're seeing a number of for-profit institutions, uh, MOOCs or, or otherwise, that, are, that have swooped in and are filling those gaps effectively. Absolutely. And, you know, they're, they're finding ways to, you know, provide some of these same services that, that we're talking about and finding ways to do them more on demand. And, you know, that's that's really the challenge that, you know, a brick and mortar two-year institution needs to, to find is how can we do some of these same things on demand? Because I get that um, you may look at something and say, well, it's not cost-effective for us to have financial aid open from eight o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. Uh, you know, and it's not cost effective to do that with advising or, or whatever, but, you know, are there ways around that that you can find to make sure that you're serving those needs? Um, you know, and then the other thing too is finding a way that, Again, the value proposition of a community college is that degree or certificate is going to help you get a job. Uh, but are there there's support services that are there that are going to help you do that beyond, you know, walking across that stage and, and getting your diploma and, you know, kind of being pushed into the pool and say sink or swim at this point? Um, and I think that's something that some community colleges have been guilty of that. Yes, we are, we are. Um, as you're speaking, I was thinking about access and you know, there was a big push a few years ago toward increasing and enhancing access. So uh, many colleges decided to open a number of campuses and you'll see much more than four-year institutions, community colleges having satellite 
campuses. And while it is true that students will would like to travel the least amount of time because of their, you know, how much time it takes to travel, availability of, of um, modes of transportation and what have you, every campus you take requires you to take a chunk of your budget and put it into fixed costs, which then makes you open a facility where fewer services are available. So can we rethink all of those things? And again, I'm not calling for us to remove campuses that we've opened that help serve the people who need us. That's not what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about, you know, can we invest in transportation, quick transportation, safe, of course, reliable, and, and with high-speed internet for that student? Uh, so they can do their reading or whatnot uh, during that uh, transport. Those costs might, you know, you can ramp them up or decrease them based on the demand, right? Can we can we provide services uh, in a different way, in an on-demand fashion, right? If your financial aid. Uh, uh, office is not open when most of the people leave work after five, then guess what? Nobody's gonna be there to answer their questions. Therefore, they would not be able to afford college whether they like it or not. Even if you have the classes available in those hours when they're available, they can't go to college because they don't have the financial aid package there and so on. So I strongly urge all in higher education to put a pause and push the pause button and, and rethink where we need to go. Doubling down on things we have done may or may not be the solution. Uh, I don't know. What, do, you, do you agree with that? Yeah. And, and I mean, just at the, the very simple thing, too, where, you know, okay, let's say your advising offices are closing at four o'clock and you have somebody that works nine to five every day. Uh, they can't get in to get advised. They can't get in to get a schedule. So how are you going to get them into your college at that point? Uh, you know, so all of these things are, are things to think about. And, and that's what makes it difficult because the cost of doing all of that, you know, you, you don't necessarily know exactly how to make this work. Uh, so that's been some of the difficulty, which is why, you know, there is that reliance on this very traditional, a you know, background for budgeting and, and all of that. So, you know, we're going to talk about in our next episode, talking about the kinds of services, the kinds of products and practices that that are important for, you know, these students and for their success. So if you enjoy our show here, uh, be sure and subscribe to our channel here on YouTube. Ring that bell down below so you'll get notification when we post new content. And of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.